Nice. I really like that. That might have to be the episode intro now. Just a beer opening, then you go, I really like that. <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. for this so welcome to the podcast nobody asked for with me ian harris and me graham jones one 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 week i'm going to jump in before you say it and just completely throw you off we can we can we can we can we can go for that now <laughs> no no no, oh. no 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 i'm i just it one day when just you really least expect it and then the entire thing just goes to shit because <laughs> I, I i work 90 percent off of muscle memory <laughs> So, so this week we're talking about our top three movie and TV nights out. So that's pubs and or bars in movies and or TV that we would want to spend spend a decent night at. Yeah, do you remember like nights out? Do you remember those? I remember those. <laughs> I I remember lying to say why I couldn't go. <laughs> I miss I miss those times. Do you remember deciding to stay home? Yeah. I went through. I mean, as as you will well know, um, my 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 circumstances changed in the last few years, and I went through a purple patch of never saying no to anything. And that that was uh, it was fun, but it was um, yeah. Maybe I should have said no a few more times. We won't do. I'm sure maybe one day, maybe one day, some of those interesting stories may come up. There's one in mind, which I'm sure you have in mind right now. But uh, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, not gonna lie, that sounds like we fucked. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't by the way so speaking of like movie nights out have you had any good like movie nights out and by what i mean there is like been to anywhere that was part of a film or like a themed restaurant or whatever um so i i've been to apart from the obvious like your planet hollywood places yeah i'm not i'm not sure you know speaking of planet hollywood didn't we? Was it Planet Hollywood we ended up in after the um, Don Quixote screening where we couldn't yes. find anywhere open in London to eat? T- t- <laughs> turns out in that particular corner of Hyde Park, there is fucking nothing. It was like, it was Planet Hollywood or. Oh no, sorry, it wasn't Planet Hollywood. It was Hard Rock Cafe. Yes. However, yes, it yeah. was, yeah, it was like Hard Rock Cafe or like Nobu. <laughs> yeah, it was either Book a Table Six Months in Advance <laughs> or. It was Hard Rock Cafe. Oh, I know. I'm sure that I'm sure they had some movie-ish stuff there. So I remember them having some decent shit. Yeah, they did have some cool stuff. I, I just remember paying like 20 quid for a really crap salad because I think at the time I was doing Veganuary. Yes, I believe you did. Um, so that was over a year ago now, so that's fun to remember. But anyway, sorry, I interrupted. Any other... Any other movie nights out you've had? Um, I, I'm sure I will remember some over the course of the episode of talking through drunken escapades but i can't think of any that's a lie i did the um grand budapest hotel secret cinema oh nice did that include food um there was some food there was i mean overpriced street food but it was still great but you know you had to be careful with eating it because they had the secret police going around (laughs) that was really fun it was so it was the first secret cinema they did where it wasn't secret Okay. You knew it was going to be the Grand Budapest Hotel. The film hadn't come out in the cinema yet either. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so that was really cool. So just walked rock, walked up. Walked up. Just... Was that one of the uh, street food vendors? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so just rocked up in a suit 
with an uh, old briefcase which stained my hand because it was rusty and I got it from like a chitty charity shop. <laughs> and yeah, it was it was weird. I've never done one of them. I'd like to. They're, they're, they're fun. I, I think the problem is you've now reached the time where they're really, really expensive. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's always been the thing that's put me off where it's yeah. like... Yeah, I did a I did a cool um pop up bar in Edinburgh, which was a Harry Potter pop up bar, and like it was all cocktails and all of the different cocktails, like you mix them and it did some kind of like there was a lot of dry ice involved as you could imagine, but that was that was good. I did want to try and find the uh the bar in Prague where they do that um triple X, which is the Vin Diesel action movie, <laughs> where Ramstein play. Oh yeah. Um, but we were on like a walking tour and a guy said, so that down there is where they go down to get to the bar in Triple X, but it's just a staircase. There's nothing at the bottom of it. And that was filmed somewhere else. I was like, oh, turns out cinema is a lie. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, the closest I've been to a movie related pop up is I think in I, I could get this wrong and I'll alienate everyone who listens to this podcast in Bristol. I'm fairly sure there is a food truck which is called jason's donovan uh i've definitely seen it i don't know where it is but i've seen it and it looks amazing just because of the pun yeah we were we were very drunk on a night out at uni there and um ended up at jason's donovan it's one of the what again one of the best named things ever yeah there's also in a similar vein to that there is a um a pest control agency in southall called seek and destroy the spell as in the religion. That is good. Which is very good. Another quick tangent before we get on. I know this is an unusually long intro for us, but I just wanted to... An, un- an unusually long intro where we aren't prepping the audience for us possibly arguing. This is very true. <laughs> so Acast have done these podcast mashups this weekend. They released a few yesterday. Obviously, our invite got lost in the mail, and it's all in aid of comic relief. But I was just thinking, I listened to a couple of them, um, the Off Menu and Films to Be Buried With and Hip Hop Save My Life with the horn section. But if we could mash up with one other podcast, what would you go for? Oh, that's so... I, I'm not going to lie, I preempted that question, so just pulled up my uh, <laughs> my subscribed playlists. Um, to not go from any which are already being mashed up. Yeah, because Off Menu was like my... Yeah, because two, yeah, two of my <laughs> most listened to podcasts are Off Menu and Films to be Buried with. So that's both those options out the window. There's So there, there's a couple that jump out for me, and I don't know how to narrow it down. So there's a great movie podcast called The Rewatchables, mm-hmm. where they pick a film which it doesn't necessarily have to be incredible, but it's a film that you can rewatch a lot. Right. So you have films like, I think they've done one on, they just had Inside Man come out this week. They've done one on like Draft Day and things like that. And they just talk through the film. Yeah. And then there's also, I mean, How Did This Get Made is an incredible film podcast. Yeah. I have, I have a lot of time for the Socially Distant Sports Bar, which is two Welsh comedians and a Welsh journalist talking. It was supposed to be them talking through YouTube clips and now it's just them fucking around for like two hours. Nice. Which who, has been the who would do that? Yeah, has has been the trend of this podcast where it's like you know as long as we get in for an hour, yeah, we're good. And, and there's some sort of top three list in there somewhere. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> I, I think if so, so those I would consider. But then there is out to lunch with Jay Rayner, mm-hmm. 
which is Jay Rayner interviewing people over a meal he pays for. So I I like the sound you know, of that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that would just be us talking with him giving us food during it. Yeah, just like talking through like mouthfuls of food as well at the same time. Yeah. Nice. And obviously our our friends at the Pad Hoc. Yeah. Um, you know, know nothing about F one, but sometimes yeah. I don't think Nate does. <laughs> top top three down forces. Yeah, down. It, all I know is Lewis Hamilton would end up winning, and it would be top, boring. Top three Lewis Hamiltons. Um, yeah, I'm thinking I, I'd quite like to maybe do um, a mashup with Behind the Bastards, just our top three bastards. Oh god, that's a great episode idea. Anyway, <laughs> it is. Yeah, I mean, we have already covered Benny, unfortunately. Um... <laughs> I see. I see what you did. There. This was just a way to bring that up. <laughs> the whole the whole preamble was just uh... you know you. You know for a fact that it would just end, it would end up being a three hour long episode, primarily on Ted Mosby. Yeah, true. So that's that's one just because I think it fits quite nicely with our with our format, and then also grounded with Louis Theroux for two reasons: one, I love Louis Theroux, and two, he is losing it progressively through lockdown. So I think by the time he got to us, it would just be a really interesting look into his psyche, and we could do maybe I don't know the top three. I mean, it'd be good for a top three documentaries episode, I guess. Oh, yeah, that, that could be good. So we'll, we'll add that to the list. We'll send an invite over to Louis. Through. Yeah, Louis, your people, speak to our people. We'll, we'll sort out. It'll be fine. But before we get too caught up with planning the future of our uh, charity endeavours, the people out there are yearning for a movie recommendation nobody asked for. Or, t- to be more precise, not. <laughs> so what is your movie recommendation nobody asked for for this week so this week um so thinking of nights out and thinking of all the things you can do on a night out and i think for we've both kind of gone down the route of like restaurants clubs pubs bars that kind of thing um but i thought you know what else is quite a good night out a night of the movies and you know you can have a lot of fun there entertaining and which movie has a more memorable night out of the movie scene than my choice this week which is Inglorious Bastards. Ah, oh, nice. I I, I, I I clocked on just before I figured out. I was going, like, is it Cinema Paradiso? You know what? I have never actually... Last Action Hero, maybe? But no, that's fair. Very, to be fair. To, I mean, to, all jokes aside, fucking incredible movie. Absolutely incredible movie. And obviously we spoke about this scene in... Oh, I can't even remember which episode it was, but it was Cat People. Uh, yeah, but uh, Bowie. It was our Bowie... <laughs> it was the Bowie episode, um, sorry, it was, yeah. Best space, Bowie. Space, space Podity, which yes. I still maintain is the best-named episode we've done. Yeah, but yeah, Inglorious Bastards. I mean, this is this is a great scene in it because of everything we spoke about before and also the bits that precede it with, like, Brad Pitt's awful Italian accent. Yeah. But also, this film, I think, particularly the beginning is one of the best bits of cinema hands down um hands hands down did you did you get that, uh, that, was, nice. that was good. i didn't even mean to do that yeah no I, I i see what you did there um the the only problem with inglorious bastards is you're gonna say you like any... roth aren't you oh no no that's a different <laughs> thing is if anything the fir- the the first chapter is so good the rest of the film could never live up to it like the rest of the rest of the film is still incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like what? It, it's the same you have when um, like some sequels or season twos suffer with it, where it's like, well, you're just gonna um, I can see, Falcon and the Winter Soldier struggling a bit with it because it's you know hot on the tails of One Division, 
Or it's like it's still it's still incredible, but we're comparing it to this. Yeah, yeah. And this is bordering on perfect filmmaking. Uh, talking about Inglorious Bastards at that point. One Division though, very very good. No, great shout. But say if you aren't if you aren't that interested in say you know going to the cinema, mm-hmm. um, what other movies would you recommend to people? Well, you know, going to the cinema, you kind of you know you're you're gathered with people you're watching a film you you know you you're enjoying the spectacle in front of you and i was thinking of oh, what other films you know where people come together and watch something happen and it just brought to mind uh, a couple of scenes in this great movie which is midsummer so in midsummer it's all about kind of getting together and being communal and there's a scene where everyone gathers to watch a couple of people face plant into a rock there's a scene where a lot of women gather to watch a man have sex with a woman and wail at him. <laughs> it's a very weird film. Um, <laughs> I I can't stress enough how little of a joke it is that we keep recommending Midsummer to people. It's not a bit we're doing. You seriously need to go and watch Midsummer. Yeah, it's so it is. It's. Despite the throwaway comments that I've just made there, those scenes make sense in the context of the film, and it is it, it is it's a harrowing movie that just sticks with you. I think the most, and we spoke about this the other day, but the closest I've had as a reaction to this film was um, when I saw Us, uh, the Jordan Peele horror film, which I recently rewatched. We saw both of those together, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Just an awkward. Sit in a car in a car park afterwards, just with what the fuck, what what just happened? Yeah, That's, well, that could, that could be the best film I've ever seen. My, my also, f- I don't understand what just happened. My favorite bit was the realization of the lyrics um, in the NWA yeah. song in Us that made so much sense when we started talking about them. But yeah, that is it. So if you're not going to watch Inglorious Bastards, watch Midsummer. But yeah, I mean, movie movies aside, we've we've got some nights out to have. Lockdown's coming to an end, so Ian, where are we off to? What's your first choice? I th- I was sitting sitting back as I often do because there's nothing else to do in lockdown. <laughs> um, and I was trying to think what you would want from a good night out. So what I personally would deem, you know, what I would want from say our first reintroduction into the wider world and to me it boils down to strong drinks and live music good show and preferably a desert planet located in the outer rim so (laughs) my first choice is chalman's spaceport cantina which is more widely known as the moss eisley cantina from star wars a new hope arguably the most famous bar in cinema so thanks to the wonderful world of the expanded universe we have far too much information on the bar for example i know it has a capacity of around 120 (laughs) Uh, obviously you know we would we would go there for the drinks and the music but given kind of you know the events going on around it maybe we could catch a pod race before and then head out to the cantina but for me the cantina is where it's at so I've split this choice into drinks and music. So for drinks, the drinks served, or some of the drinks served in the Moss Eisley Cantina include, obviously, blue milk. Yeah, I, I had a question about this. Do we know the lactose t- content of um, blue milk? Uh, so no. 
I'm, I'm assuming space lactose. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid the blue milk then. So what what else is on offer? Well, it's a shame because the blue milk I'm assuming means they could make a blue Russian, <laughs> which is one of the only cocktail jokes I've ever done. Uh. They also do a Tatooine sunset, which is tea with fermented fruit, which legitimately sounds quite nice. Yeah, I'll give that a go. And then I'm not gonna lie, Graham. From here, it kind of starts getting weird. They have Jawa juice, which is bantha hide mashed up with fermented grains. Yeah, no thank you. Which would basically be like a leather cocktail. Yeah, but also banthas are very hairy as well. Yeah, so it's not not ideal, is it? Um, I was about to apologise for mispronouncing something, but this is all made up. <laughs> they also sell Yatuni Bosca, which is fermented dewback sweat. And dewbacks are those giant uh, lizards. Um, they ride around in the desert. The ones so obvious... that feature a lot in the Mandalorian, those ones, or the. I- I'm not sure if they're in the Mandalorian. They're the ones which got like badly CGI'd into the background in everything. Oh yeah, in yeah. The, yeah. In the special editions, yeah. And then they also have Hut Delight, which is a colourful slurry of aquatic organisms. Lovely. So obviously, this got me thinking of weird alcohol that's out there. So, what's the weirdest drink you've had? I think the weirdest drink I've had. And I'm not okay that this is so popular for so many people. It's not alcoholic or anything like that. It's fucking bubble tea. Bubble tea. <laughs> there is so much... Ro- like, I, I'm convinced no one likes bubble tea. They just like the way it looks. And people have been convinced that they should drink bubble tea and they should like it. And no, no one, you should not chew your drink. Anyway, sorry, that's my PSA on bubble tea. That's fair. I had a spam cocktail once. Nice. Is that London Cocktail Club? No, it was it was in a Korean restaurant in Covent Garden. Okay. Um, it was served in a spam box and it tasted of spam. Nice. It was it was a work thing, which meant we just kind of went for the weirdest drinks we could because we're not paying for it anyway. Yeah, why not? But I, I had a look through thanks to the internet, I looked through the kind of the weirdest cocktails, and some of them are up there with for hides mashed with fermented grains. So there is. I keep a... hearing you say fermented grahams. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah, fermented grahams. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's like cinnamon gray. It's the alcoholic cereal. <laughs> um, so the Ritz Carlton in Abu Dhabi has a camel milk mixologist. Obviously. So they'll serve cocktails with camel milk. The White Lion in London has a Moby Dick Sasserac, which is a cocktail that features ambergris. Uh, so ambergris is something you get from the bile ducts of sperm whales. There's so much wrong with that. The Mitakita has chorizo-infused tequila. That sounds nice, actually. It sounds quite nice, but just because you can infuse flavours, because the gunpowder plot has gin infused with gunpowder flavour. <laughs> because why not? But it's just I just like that uh, as out there sci-fi as these drinks were, there's still weirder shit out there anyway. So we would rock up to the cantina we would obviously have our fill of these these weird drinks obviously there's a lot of fighting there's a lot of unsavory characters there's also a lot of pilots you know we might get to meet i don't know some kind of wookie co-pilot who can introduce us to people maybe we become central figures of the rebel alliance we just don't know where the evening's going to take us but what i do miss about nights out especially in kind of the bars and stuff we would usually end up with is there is usually a band Mm-hmm. I have all the time in the world for a, a band in a bar, and that's something the Mos Eisley Cantina, you know, has uh, has in spades. So obviously, the most famous band at the Mos Eisley Cantina, with the famous song "Mad About Me," 
uh, is Figrin Dan and the Model t- Nodes, who are obviously a seven-member all-Bith band. Obviously. Um, just, just in case people aren't aware of the song, can you give us a little rendition? Uh, it goes... <clears throat> just, just, just warming up. Etc. Yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah, thanks, man. I try. Well, that'll be the post-credit song. <laughs> uh, do you know? And I'm going to be stuck on this part for a, for a while. I think. Do you know what genre they play? And if you do, pretend you don't. Having a clue. Okay, Ficker and Dan and the Model Nodes are a jizz band. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is Star Wars canon. So jizz is an upbeat swinging genre of music. Obviously, other notable jizz bands include <laughs> the Bola Baker's All Bith Band. Are you ready for this one? Because I think we might have to take a break afterwards. Ivar Orpus and his Galactic Jizz Whalers. Star Wars. And figuring to Anne 2... And the new model nodes, which I have, a, I have a lot of time for, kind of the, the sequel band. <laughs> but Ian, what instruments would a jizz band play? So, jizz bands. The skin flute, obviously. Yeah, so uh, the peel rod, <laughs> uh, the clue horn, uh, the fanfare, and the jizz box. <laughs> Again, just just a just a in episode disclaimer. This is all real. This is all stuff I have got from canon Star Wars wikis. How did the same person that came up and wrote this also then decide that episode one had to be about trade laws? What, are you saying it should have been about jizz? I would have preferred that. I I, I would have loved like uh, like a Ray style or a... Ray was a bad example because that's also a Star Wars character. Let me, let me start again. A Walk the Line style musical biopic about the early days of jizz. And how jizz really evolved from, you know, something you you just played in back rooms to yeah, until it like burst onto the scene. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you you can only assume that if there's jizz, there's also jizz fusion or hard jizz. Maybe maybe kind of jizz core. Bit of acid um, jizz. <laughs> that's I, I'm fairly sure that's an aliens thing. <laughs> Oh, you've you've derailed us on selection one. Well done, sir. <laughs> I just I don't know. I'm for me, I'm a jizz traditionalist. But oh, I just I, I I don't think there there is anything better than a night out with live jizz. <laughs> uh, with uh, a night out with li- live live music, an assortment of strong drinks. I I think it's definitely the bar you would want a booth in, so you can watch the weird array of characters there rather than possibly having to cut someone's arm off because not gonna lie if we go there regularly enough i think one of us would die mm-hmm. but it's great I, I think it is one of the iconic bar scenes and i think being a part of it would be fun yeah i'm down i'm down with that down with the jizz yeah let, let, let's quickly move on before i just sit here listing <laughs> other possible jizz spin-off bands <laughs> all that jizz that's the that's the musical right that's the musical, yeah. The, the oh, that Moss, Moss, yeah. The, the Mo, Mo, it's just called Moss Eisley. <laughs> it's about a load of Bith. I'm I'm not going to keep going on. I I, I feel like, <laughs> given given this is a movie 
uh, podcast and we had a half hour segment recently arguing about the nuances of rent i don't feel like a tangent in chicago is really really what we're looking for but who knows i we mean just, you know, we'll go for a we're just teeing people up for our spin-off musical cop cod pass <laughs> oh god it's all going to shit uh, but yes so we would we would go to tatooine we'd get shit faced and we'd listen to bands <laughs> So, uh, for my first choice, I'm going to bring us back down to Earth. We're going to go to a nice little 1950s themed establishment in California. And Ian, I'm going to tell you up front, if you don't want to go here, then you're obviously a complete and utter rectangle. I'm, of course, talking about Jack Rabbit Slims from Pop Fiction. Nice. The diner slash bar that just looks like everything that you you want from from a um, establishment like that you have obviously the like classic car booths which you need to get obviously you need to book in advance as, as we know from from the film and talking of cars you have the massive scale electrics track that runs around the whole restaurant because if you're not eating you need to be playing scale electrics great music and we'll come on to that a little bit more later but you know it's it's got the the 50s music pumping out as you go um and obviously being served by Steve Buscemi as Buddy Holly, whilst other like great stars of the golden era of Hollywood are waiting tables. You've got James Dean, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, what kind of self-respecting movie podcast would we be if we didn't want to spend a night out at Jack Rabbit Slims? Uh, the, the problem I have is I I just can't spend that much on food, you know, um, especially milkshake. I'm glad you bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> so the $5 shake, or adjusted for inflation, the $8.87 shake. Oh, you know, now you put it that way, that's not that bad. <laughs> I will have two. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's iconic, right? The, the scene, the $5 shake. Whilst I assume the price is updated in line with inflation, I'm kind of hoping that they've updated how you order it as well. So I don't know if you remember, you know, they ask Mia Wallace, do you want it, Martin and Lewis, or Amos and Andy? And essentially, that's asking if you want Martin and Lewis, who are a white comedy duo, do you want vanilla? Or... I, I did not get that reference when I watched Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah. So, as I say, hopefully that's been, that, will, that will be uh, updated along with the price. You know full well you would have cunts online. I can't just go, go straight back in. We haven't said cunt that often, really. You bleeped it out in the last episode because you were talking about your favourite band. Oh, it, it's different when it's the band. <laughs> you would have people complaining. Is that like, oh, it's not offensive because it's just being, uh, you know, realistic to the time it's supposed to be in. It's just being faithful. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and obviously the the only slight downside, similar with the blue milk, is I couldn't really indulge in the five dollar shake or the eight dollar eighty seven shake. So you'd have to you'd have to have that. Well, however, though. I would enjoy a vanilla Coke, much like John Travolta. In this scene, I'm John Travolta. I'm taking you out. You're Mia Wallace, apparently. And okay. you're, you're married to, um, to Marcellus Wallace. <laughs> that's, that's fun because uh, I don't like people who look like a bitch. <laughs> it, it does mean, like, I mean, do I have to be the one who horrifically overdoses and nearly dies? <laughs> yeah, but I get to save you, so it's okay. Oh, that's fair. Um... Thank but, you. <laughs> but um, John Travolta gets to um, enjoy vanilla Coke. And genuinely, the first time I ever 
even heard of the concept of vanilla coke existing was in pop fiction because i think we got it really late over here versus america so i'm assuming that maybe if we go back now they'd have some you know some new fancy coke drinks that we've never heard of as well you know what i did used to like uh when they did they had ginger uh, pepsi max oh that sounds awful it was gorgeous but i'm fairly sure i was the only person in the country buying ironically i think i've said this before don't like ginger your loss do we need to talk about that is that an esteem thing <laughs> probably or it's or it's like a rebellion like just yeah going going against the grain oh uh, you, you feel like yeah it's it's like an old school bully kind of thing you yeah, like yeah. If, you, if you if you do enjoy it someone's gonna jump out yep why oh, that cannibalism <laughs> it also jackrabbit slims also appears to have the most crowded bathroom ever. I don't know if you remember the scene where you, as Mia Wallace, go to the bathroom to indulge in some coke snorting. But there's about... Vanilla, v- vanilla coke? <laughs> there's about, like, 15 women around the around the uh, mirror um, all doing their makeup and stuff whilst Mia Wallace is snorting coke off of the sink. And I don't know. I don't think I've ever been in a... In a bathroom that's that crowded i can i can say without a shadow of doubt i have never been into a crowded <laughs> ladies room where people have been doing coke well actually in this scenario you have because you got me wallace oh yeah sorry i forgot, I forgot i'm in character <laughs> did, I ever, did i did i ever tell you about that pilot i was in keep doing this ian you keep stealing my next points <laughs> sorry <laughs> but once you obviously return from, from doing coke you know we can have a nice conversation and it's a it's a good place for a is it a de- they're kind of on a date, I suppose, but not quite. But they are, but they aren't. But he's taking care of Mia Wallace, as he says. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you get to know each other a bit better. So you can understand what it's like to shoot a pilot. And also what it's like for your husband to throw Tony Rocky Horror out of a window because he um, allegedly gave you a foot rub. Good to know. <laughs> um, that's what I want for my night out. Well... You know, you get to know each other on a on a deeper level, I think. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> so after I've done Coke in the bathroom and we've talked about my uh failing TV career. Yeah. Um, what else is there to do? Well, there's only one way to top a night off at Jackrabbit Slims in, and that is accidentally snorting heroin. <laughs> and that's when you that's when you get home. After uh, okay, okay. After the thrill of winning the twist competition. Nice. Yeah, I, I have three dance moves, Graham. I'm a very simple man. One, copying Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Two, copying Les Grossman from Tropic Thunder. And three, awkwardly looking like I really wish nobody was watching me. Oh, number three is my jam as well. Oh yeah, and I'm, I'm great <laughs> at it. I also call it the, what do I do with my arms? Yeah, or how long is it till it's socially acceptable for me to go and get a drink? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah. We are, we are the same, you and I. <laughs> We will we will end end the night um, with our own take on the twist, and then we'll go home and you can snort heroin because I don't want to you know make you miss out on that. It's an ex- it's an experience, I guess. <laughs> if I have to be Uma Thurman, let's uh, let's go in for it. Um, so aside from the um, the drug use, um, that does sound like a quite decent night. I think so. Good good, good, good food. Good food. Yeah, nice. Um... Competitive dancing. Well, exactly. And we, they they didn't even indulge in playing a bit of scare electrics. Plus, you know, Steve Buscemi as Buddy Holly. As Buddy, yeah. One of my favourite Steve Buscemi's. 
Buddy Holly, Steve Buscemi. Buddy Holly. I, I also quite enjoy um, serial killer Steve Buscemi from Billy Madison. Um, obviously the famous uh, Hello There Fellow Kids. Yeah. Is that, is that 30 Rock? N- uh, no, it was a... Wasn't it like a... Didn't they do like a... Was it like a YouTube parody or something? Like a... It was Saved by the Bell. I think it was like an updated version of Saved by the Bell with the original characters. I think it was like just a YouTube thing. Let, oh, you know what? We haven't done this in a while. Future Ian. <laughs> Where is that Steve Buscemi thing from? Hello, it is I, Future Ian. So, first of all, fuck both of you for not having called on me in a while. I've been sitting here next to my future phone in the future by myself waiting for your call. So, past Ian is correct. Uh, Hello Fellow Kids comes from the 30 Rock episode The Tuxedo Begins, which is in season six, where Steve Buscemi plays Lenny Wozniak, who's a private detective, and in a flashback, he's basically parodying 21 Jump Street. So, yeah, past Ian's right, past Graham's wrong, the future is bleak and dark. Thank you, fellow kids. Look, Graham, either either me or you was right. Excellent. And I knew it was going to be me or you. <laughs> definitely. Clo- it was close. It was close. I'm definitely glad it was me or you. Me too. And you too. So yeah, look, I. what better way to start? I think, you know, maybe Jack Rabbit Sims isn't a you know proper like bar as such. You're going for, for a meal, enjoy the theme and, you know, the the, the expensive milkshakes. And you're probably going on to, to somewhere else. And, I mean, I'll talk about some of the places we might go later. Um, you might go home and, and snort heroin if that's your bag. But, yeah, I think it's a good good start to the evening. Get some food in you, line the stomach. And, yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I like it. I like it. Um, not that it has to be said, but given my former policeman dad listens to this podcast, just going to throw it out there. Never snorted heroin, dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have got the adrenaline shot if you ever, in case you ever do. I am 100% cutting that just <laughs> after you say I have. <laughs> Please don't. Where are we off to now? Cool. So um, this is, over this episode, you were going to have the slow realisation, or no, not even realisation, confirmation of your beliefs that I am a deeply boring person. So... My second choice, again, I thought, what do I, what do I like from a night out? And I don't know if I've mentioned this before, Graham, but I have a history degree. And I've always liked bars and pubs that have some kind of historical connection to it. I don't know whether that's because of the history degree or if I, because I spent a lot of time in a pub growing up that was built in 1576 and was where Charles I negotiated the Treaty of Uxbridge in 1645. Uh, that's the Crown Treaty in Uxbridge. It's now a gastropub. No longer smells like piss. It's it a gastropub now. Yeah, no, it actually looks quite nice, but it's weird. Like, this this is how strange it is. You could go in there wearing white trainers. Wow, that is, yeah. So I have, I think I've mentioned it before, I, in New York, went out of my way to have a drink where dylan thomas drank himself to death because i'm morbid yeah i've drunk in london at charles dickens favorite pub where mark twain used to drink um where some plays have been written like i just find it fascinating like you're surrounded by all this history and it's fun what else makes a good night is the chance of meeting celebrities 
So, have you ever met a celebrity while you've been out drinking? Yes. When I was out for my birthday last year, I was in... Oh, I forget. There's a there's a hotel just off Leicester Square. Not Oh, just off Leicester Square and just off of Trafalgar Square. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of know the area yeah. you're in. There's a couple of theatres and stuff along there. There's a hotel and you go in, there's a secret cocktail bar at the back. There's like a, yeah, secret door you go through and there's a cocktail bar. Really, really nice cocktail bar. I was drinking there before my for my birthday, just before going to see Woman in Black, I think. And I forget the guy's name, but he was Draco Malfoy in Harry Potter. Oh, Tom, is it Felton or Fenton? Felton, yeah. F- Fenton yeah. is the dog in Richmond Park that chased the deers. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tom Felton, yeah, who I kind of looked at and kind of acknowledged, and he kind of acknowledged me, um, but I was quite quite inebriated at this point and didn't want to um, make an absolute tit of myself but he he could you know like when someone knows that you know who they are yeah but you're yeah. not but yeah i i've never actually gone up and spoken to anyone because i i feel like it's a bit of a I, I i don't know i feel like if i was in that scenario i wouldn't want anyone to speak to me but maybe that's because i'm a, a miserable bastard um but yeah so that's that's the main one i can think of at least the most recent one yeah so i the one that always springs to mind for me is we were in have you been to the dugout in london bridge no so it's it's it i don't know if it's still there because i know they've refurbished everything but it was like a sports bar underneath belushi's oh nice so it was the sports bar section of a sports bar basically and we were there watching the nfl because we always try to go watch it there at least kind of a couple of times a season and we were sitting on one booth and there was a free chair and this guy came to sit down and sat down next to me but facing the other way to talk to this guy who was sitting by himself and i just kept talking to who i was with and then we heard a table next to us just kind of going is that uh is that that guy he's like you could tell that they would kind of go through what you were going through yeah and couldn't remember who he was and then someone said he's is that it's forrest whitaker's son right and it turns out it's not He's not Forrest Whitaker's son, but if you Google his name, it will come up with, is he Forrest Whitaker's son? Question mark. <laughs> and he said, he he laughed, and then they kept talking about him, and he just very clearly said, I can hear every word you're saying. And it was so nice. Omar Benson Miller, who's in, he's in Ballers, um, so I think he's the he's the guy who, maybe he'd been a car salesman. Oh, yeah. and becomes the and general manager. he was manager. in like 8 Mile and things yeah, like yeah, that. Um, I think he's got a sports podcast, but he was he was really nice. But it was hilarious because everyone was so drunk in a very small area that they thought he couldn't hear what they were saying. My brother has met one of the Gallaghers. So I think he was out nice. drinking, I'm assuming in Camden. And there is an incredible photo of him explaining to Liam or Noel exactly why David Bowie is better than them. And I've never, <laughs> I've never felt that bond with a family member before. We've spoken a good five minutes. We have no idea where we're going for Exactly. For so if you want a place with history <laughs> and a place where you have a very good chance of meeting a celebrity, you want to go to a place where everybody knows your name. And that is Moe's Tavern in Springfield. Uh, Springfield, obviously, we don't know where the state is, but... It is near Shelbyville, Capital City, Ogdenville, and North Haverbrook. Did you do you know that from the the monorail song? I I, I hear those things are awfully loud. Uh, <laughs> so it's owned uh, Mo's Tavern or Mo's is owned by Mo Sislak, 
who sold one of his kidneys to buy it. It's the home to, like we kind of said before, like cocktails are always fun, and Moe's is home to the Flaming Moe, which is a mix of eight types of liquor, Krusty's non-narcotic cough syrup, and fire. And like I said, it has a lot of, a lot of history to it. So Moe's Tavern, at one point, was where a heavyweight boxer's career was managed from. It was managed from an office in the ladies' room, because they hadn't had a woman walk into Moe's since like 1976 or something like that. So you would be able to snort your exactly. coke in the ladies' room at Moe's. Yeah. Never done coke down. The back room of the pub often trades in pandas and at one point was taken over by raccoons. Uh, it once had a safe room that at one point housed a whale and it's also gone through a lot of iterations. So you had, at one point it was Moe's Pet Shop, which was when Springfield realised they hadn't reverted prohibition um, so it became uh, a pet shop that was then a speakeasy uh, you had flaming moe's where um mo ripped off homer's idea and started serving these drinks uh it became uncle mo's family feed bag when he decided to aim it at families this is the one i was thinking and he there's the bit where he has the like um scalding hot fries on his head yeah he has to come out and sing the song with the exactly. sparklers yeah it's fantastic Oh, I miss Old Central. Yeah, it became a fancy postmodern bar called M. And at one point, it was called Drunken Donuts, uh, when he realised that all people want is beer-flavoured donuts. Graham, what are we doing nice. tomorrow? <laughs> we are partaking in some um, beer-flavoured yeah. donut eating. We are, we are literally meeting up in a park to eat <laughs> Guinness and Bailey's flavoured donuts, because we can't go to each other's house. And that's the best we could do. Yeah. Sure, two grown men eating donuts in a park by themselves could seem creepy, but, you know. I think we'll get some Guinness as well, just to, you know, really complete the St. Patrick's yeah, Day vibe. Yeah. In terms of celebrities and live music, so they've had Aerosmith perform there. They've had the Red Hot Chili Peppers perform there. They've had the B-Sharps, obviously the best of the three. But they've also mm -hmm. seen guests such as Jay Leno, Stephen Hawking, U2, R.E.M., Al Gore, and Wade Boggs, Joe Fraser. Like, it's everyone who is anyone has been at Moe's. Did um, Blink-182 Blink didn't play there? They were at like a like purpose-built skate park thing. Right. I think so. I I haven't watched The Simpsons in ages because it got too depressingly bad. Yeah, but yeah, lots of great great live music. Um, I I assume, and this this is a this is a slight bugbear of mine, that Aerosmith may have claimed that they played their last ever show at Moe's and they're going to book another one in a few years because I saw Aerosmith at their quote unquote last ever UK show at Download um a few years ago. And I believe they were due to play this year at the O2, which has been rescheduled. Sorry, last year at the O2, it's been rescheduled for this year. But, like, I get it. Like, if you're going to keep touring, Aerosmith are great. They're great live. I've seen them a few times. People are going to go and see Aerosmith. You don't need to bill it as your last tour and then come back what, and do another I, well, I've one. I've been to two separate Alex is on Fire farewell shows. But <laughs> did you see what Motley Crue did? So Mo Motley Crue signed a no. contract saying they would never reform so that their last right. show was their last show. And then I can't remember when it was. Like Again, time has all kind of gelled into one, really. Um, they released a video of them blowing the contract up and then announced a tour. And I was like, guys, <laughs> like, 
put your put your shameless money where your mouth is for a little bit. Come on. Yeah. Aerosmith. I mean, I would still, I would happily see Aerosmith in a bar. I I, I do feel like the. Yeah, I, I I mean, of the ones I've said so far, I, I think this is keeping in track, kind of, it is a trend of how we would go out. Just a bar. Yeah. It's, you know, like I said, I'm a simple man with simple tastes. But yeah, so that's, so most tavern, it sounds like a place where interesting things will happen. It has a lot of history you can delve into, and you would probably meet a famous person there. Because you also have to remember, Graham, happiness is just a flaming mose away. <laughs> But after our flaming mose, where are we going? We're going to head to somewhere else that it doesn't exist. And that's Missouri. And Missouri exists. Um. <laughs> We've been through this before. Well, in theory, yes, Missouri exists. But the, the bar that we're going to, which was allegedly in Missouri, was actually built, built in California. Nothing in this film was filmed in Missouri. Um because not even the people making a film about a bar in Missouri thought that it was worth going to Missouri for. I am, of course, talking about the dive bar from the film that stopped Patrick Swayze from being in Predator 2. And that is the double juice. Patrick Swayze was supposed to be in Predator 2? Yeah, but he got too injured filming Roadhouse that he couldn't be. Was he supposed <laughs> to be the be Gary Busey it. guy? Or one of the cops? I have no idea oh, what he was see, playing. Oh, see, you up fucking Kettle of Fish here. Sorry, I don't know. That, I went... Weirdly cockney, though. You did. You also combined uh, opening up a can of worms and a different kettle of fish. And you said you're opening up yeah. a kettle of fish, which, which now I'm going to use all the time. T-shirts are on sale now. So the double deuce. <laughs> so the double deuce. Talk me through the double deuce. I, I heard it's a shithole. It is an absolute shithole. Um, there's live music, which we'll get on to. But yeah, I think just like dive, dive bars. Dive bars are like quite cool right that's the kind of place you want to go it's quite authentic you kind of you know understanding what the locals are enjoying i don't think you get any more divey than the the double juice is the dive bar i think mostly i just want to go hang out with patrick swayze a bit and understand what the fuck a cooler is <laughs> or why it's in, like i b- before we we dive into this deeper we have covered it before but i want to cover it again Roadhouse is, by the definition of the word, a good bad movie. It is incre- it's an incredible piece of cinema. It's so much fun, but it is shit. You need to stop sending yeah. us threatening letters. <laughs> like every time I we we talk about Roadhouse being a good bad movie, somebody will get offended and message us. No, it's fucking great. It's like, we know it's great. A good bad movie is still good. It's just also bad. Because yep. you know what doesn't turn around a shitty dive bar, Graham? A bouncer. Doesn't matter how much you invest <laughs> in fucking Patrick Swayze. Or or obviously like when you're casting the who's a who's a guy who looks like he could train someone up to be a badass? I know, Sam Elliott. Anyway, double deuce. Road Roadhouse. Double deuce. So you know, first of all, and like you say, you know, Maybe a bouncer can't turn a, a dive bar around, but a cooler, now a cooler can. Now, if we can understand what a cooler is, which is why I will hang out with Patrick Swayze, and just really, un- I'm thinking, you know, we spoke about Louis through at the top of the episode, like a proper, like, I just want to get into the double juice, like, and go full on weird weekends um, with with Patrick Swayze and, and the staff of the double oh juice. Oh my God, that would be amazing. 
Just Louis through like awkwardly talking to him as he's like pinning a guy down outside. So why why are we why are we doing this to this person right now? And you you've built a you've built a quite a lucrative career out of this. And didn't you say? And you but this is clearly the top floor of a barn. <laughs> and, and you're saying none um, of the town saw anything. <laughs> oh god, I love this film so much. Once once I've had a word with Patrick Swayze and understood what his job actually is. I'd also like to, you know, maybe spend some time with the bar owner and understand if it's financially viable to transfer a bouncer from New York City to what is it meant to be Missouri. Not only just to Missouri. We're not talking like this is a bar in the middle of Kansas City, right? This is a dive bar on the outskirts of a of a town. It's in the middle of like buttfuck nowhere. And like, how much is the double juice making <laughs> out there in rural Missouri that it can ship someone in? And not only ship in a bouncer from, you know, from New York, but also deal with the costs of rehiring half the staff after Dalton comes in and fires, I think, about four members straight up. Because how does it make money also, again, when it's in the middle of nowhere in a town that doesn't really look like it has cabs? Like... <laughs> Do you, I'm assuming you just have a lot of drunken people, or maybe they have like a hostel or a hotel next door that they also run, and that's the that's the hustle. That could that yeah. could be the money maker, yeah. Or everyone just has like much like Patrick Swayze in the film, everyone has a second car. They keep their nice Mercedes and then they they drive the Buick to the bar. But yeah, also like you talk about live music, you get to watch you know some great like bluesy rock bands um, playing behind. A chicken wire fence <laughs> where it seems you're actively encouraged to launch bottles at the band as they play because they don't even flinch. Interestingly, you know, talking of like cool, cool bands and, and crossover and stuff. So the, the band at the beginning of the film is a band called Cruzados, Cruzados, probably um, butchered that. But after that band disbanded, this is an actual band, not just in the universe of Roadhouse. Uh, the the lead singer um, formed. <laughs> it's a thing. And okay, right. In, you, in the Roadhouse expanded so, universe. So Roadhouse had a sequel, yeah. right? Had a straight to DVD sequel. Did you know that Roadhouse was also performed as an off-Broadway musical? Fuck off. Entitled, and this is the entirety of the 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 name of the musical. <clears throat> Roadhouse, the stage version of the cinema classic that starred Patrick Swayze, except this one stars Tymek from the 80s cult classic The Last Dragon wearing a blonde mullet wig. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nicely done. But anyway, as you rudely made me have to segue into, um, into the Roadhouse expanded universe. Yes, so the band, so they, they disbanded and the lead singer formed the band Tito and Tarantula. Oh, really? Yeah, which is obviously the band that played at the Titty Twister from in From Dust Till Dawn. Which is uh which is a choice neither of us had the courage to pick. No. <laughs> Mainly because of obviously the the vampires and an, an uber violent George Clooney. Mainly because of that. I fucking love Tito and Tarantula though. They're, yeah, they're great very, band. very good. But yeah, so you get to see some some cool bands. Uh, but this is like that's like one of the you know you were there before they were Tito and Tarantula. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a you know it's basically like seeing the Beatles at the Cavern Club before they blew up. Um, <laughs> it's nothing like that. Um, 
<laughs> and yeah, I'd like to hang out by Buddy's Corner. I don't know if you remember this, but um, there's a bit of graffiti along on a, like a beam where, where Patrick Swayze's um, hanging out. It's just called Buddy's Corner. Yeah. That's something I'd like to understand a bit more the about. The problem with Roadhouse is every time I watch it, I mentally take a lot of notes because it's incredible. And then Patrick Swayze tears someone's throat out with his bare hands and I forget everything else. And that, then that is just reburnt back into my retinas. Whenever I close my eyes, all I see is Patrick Swayze ripping a grown man's throat out. It's maybe it's why I'm struggling sleeping recently. Maybe the other thing that I'd like to find out as well is so Kelly Lynch is is in the film as the love interest, and I'd just like to know what her name is because throughout the entirety of the film, she's just referred to as Doc on account of her being a doctor. Yeah. Feels like she could have had a bit more character development there. So our night out would be you asking a woman what her name is and us getting overexcited that we finally found out what her name was. Well, that and then also, yeah, just delving into the financials of the double juice. Well, so I, I, I'd just be drinking at the bar, trying to, like, that kind of... I've, I've had it a couple of times in a pub where as soon as you see the bouncer starting to make a move, you kind of perk up. It's like, oh, something's going to happen. I once saw a bouncer who had the body proportions of, you know, the Coopers from Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> so, As in the movie? Yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. So he had this tiny, tiny head, and he was arguably the biggest person I've ever seen. This guy was getting mouthy, and then got, like, tried to, you know, get get his hands on him. And the bouncer just punched him in the face. Like, like you know, like the bouncer punch, where there's, like, no follow-through. Yeah, you just smack him and then he just fell vertically downwards but the reason I remember it so clearly is the guy who got punched was like the spitting image of John Travolta <laughs> it wasn't Joey was it? no no it wasn't it wasn't John or Joey Travolta because this was in a shit pub in Uxbridge but it was one of the most sur- and I know it wasn't John Travolta because it wasn't just that he looked like John Travolta. He specifically looked like 1980s John Travolta. <laughs> like where it he might, it could have been Nicolas Cage as John Travolta. Maybe, maybe, but this was like you know, when, like when John Travolta was like dancer fit. Right. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, the <laughs> I just <laughs> occasionally I'll just think of that and laugh. It gets <laughs> it gets me through <laughs> the long lockdown days. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, you're right. You you would be at the bar, you know, just in enjoying the the scenery watching the bands lobbing bottles at the chicken wire um perking and... up whenever patrick swayze starts walking towards someone yeah and like, it's I... gonna happen it's gonna happen well that's when we need to get the the, the crew in right and you know i'm I, yeah i'm just weird i'm gonna weird weekends this this um <laughs> because i just think it's it there's, there's a lot that needs explaining and I'd, I'd like to understand and yeah obviously we'd get to hilariously refer to it as the double douche much like sam elliott does when he rocks up i do love sam elliott he has one of those voices i think it should be like a legal stipulation that he has to record like at least an audiobook a year yeah it's, it's one of the more um more recognizable ones isn't it but yeah roadhouse double juice um we might not make it out alive but we'd have a good time doing it right i don't want to, i don't want to get too much into conclusion territory but what I would like to see. So, Patrick Swayze turned round the double juice, right? It was a yeah. shithole, and then he started working there, and then somehow it got redecorated. <laughs> and then suddenly it had, like, twice the population of the town in the bar at any given time. 
Yeah, yeah. How about the Moss Eisley Cantina hires Patrick Stewart to come and be its cooler? Sorry, Patrick Stewart or Patrick Swayze? <laughs> no, yeah, no, fuck this. Patrick Stewart. <laughs> the... No, so hires Patrick Swayze to be a cooler. So he would be the one saying no droids allowed, and then I don't think there'll be issues. Nice. And you'd have to up the capacity from around 100 to, to at least around 200. Well, like, 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 like we said, when you hire him, suddenly the venue becomes a completely different place. <laughs> yeah, it'll just turn into like the Moss Eisley gastro uh, I assume um, all, all coolers, all coolers are, are delivered in carbonite as well, right? Four, four down on our movie, TV, pub, bar, restaurant crawl. Where next? Okay, so we aren't going that far for this one. We, I'll rephrase. We aren't going that far for this one from where we are now. From Missouri, it'll take a while. So... <laughs> For this one, we are staying in London, and I'm, again, really hammering home how simple a man I am. Uh, I'm going to quote a line from this film, which for me sums everything up. And it's not the quote you think it is. It is, got your pint, got your fig snacks, what more do you want? So I am talking about the Winchester from Shaun of the Dead. We will come on to the zombie side of it later, but... The Winchester is possibly the pubbiest pub in cinema. It's it's just a pub. I mean, it has a lot of things going for it. So you have uh, John and Bernie, who are the landlords, uh, allow a lock-in, which is something... Remember when you didn't mind the idea of a lockdown? <laughs> <laughs> it's full of a rich and interesting people, such as Snake Hips, who is a bigamist who invented the mobile disco, uh, and the landlord's uh, ex-North London Mafia, which is why there's a rifle above the bar, has a jukebox, and most importantly, as I mentioned previously, it's a pub. I really miss pubs. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. This is just this, this entire section is just basically going to be me getting close to tears talking about pubs like it was a fucking friend who died. <laughs> it's it's the perfect place to like so not the not the first part of Shaun of the Dead but when it's after the breakup when it's yeah. him and um Nick Frost sitting there talking about his breakup um, Nick Frost is doing an impression of a monkey they then have a lock in and then they get so drunk walking home they start singing and they don't notice there's a zombie apocalypse going on like that yeah. that is We've all been there. yeah that is literally my perfect night out like yeah just going to the pub getting slightly too drunk with a friend singing a song you aren't 100 percent sure the words of but you kind of know the tune and drunk enough that you get home fine but you wouldn't necessarily be able to draw a picture of how you got back nice. i talking of singing songs coming home from so i once came home from a night out in london on the night bus and we were on the top of the night bus and the entirety of the it was packed and the entirety of the top deck of the bus just together i don't know how it started or whatever sang all of bohemian rhapsody at full nice. volume like everyone was just having a good time like it was no, no one being a dick no one being like it was just fun i i've led a rousing rendition of uh make a man out of you from mulan on a train back before that was that was fun. People joined in. It was great. Uh, my go-to for a while, uh, especially when drinking with a friend of mine, was the theme tune to Vikings. 
<laughs> we would just we would just sing that while stumbling back. It got it got bizarre. But I don't know. Like all all of the, the vast majority of my fun nights out have just been going to a pub. So Shaun of the Dead has one of the most I was going to say most iconic pub related lines but i think one of the most iconic and overused quotes in cinema which is go to the winchester have a nice cold pint and wait for all this to blow over and it's crazy how a quote about a pub from a zom a zom rom-com yeah perfectly encapsulates britishness (laughs) Yeah, and also a, a a line that was I would say probably talking about being overused, like certainly at the beginning of like the COVID pandemic. I'm fairly sure that would have been rolled out beginning, middle, and continuation. Well, not just not <laughs> just the beginning of lockdown, the beginning of anything that was vaguely not okay. Yeah, true. Like there was a time, a time, a time. It happens often. Uh, I often say it when Wales are getting fucked by England in the Six Nations. <laughs> Which, I mean, obviously didn't happen this year, but in years previously, I have resorted to this quote. But I think everybody has... I'm going to try and... There is no way to say this without sounding wanky, so I'm just going to lean into it like this is a self-help book. So, everybody has their Winchester. (laughs) The pub they want to go to when shit's going down, and you just kind of sit there, and you argue in a booth about how you would have for a while i think the only conversation i had in pubs was how i would fix the dc expanded universe i mean that's that's a problem that we're never getting to oh no but (laughs) join us for our special six hour edition (laughs) of the podcast nobody asked for entitled ian fixes dc but so for me it's the uh, at least for a while it's been the aeronaut which is a pub in acton where they do like circus shows and things and they serve a beer that is mango flavored and it is one of the nicest things that i'm fairly sure one of the nicest things that just exists oh the crab fries as well oh they don't do them anymore oh no god because the problem with crab fries is if you don't sell them all in a day you've immediately lost money i'd i mean get them on too good to go and deliver them out this way i'd, I'd buy them up um i'm not sure if i'm too good to go seafood <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a simpsons episode isn't it where he buys the bucket of shrimp from the uh, quickie mart yeah yeah, yeah. So what's your, what is your Winchester? I don't know if it's necessarily my Winchester, but the pub that I've been yearning to go through, go to throughout this more than anywhere, and is funny enough, is I guess linked to the Cornetto trilogy, is the World's End in Camden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because I think there's so many good memories attached to it. I think I said to you one of the like I had a random like Thursday in the middle of lockdown where I was like. You know what? I miss like waiting a few outside a train station before a gig before we go into like the world's end and drink average beer with extremely loud metal music in the drinking, background. Drinking expensive average beer. Expensive average beer. And not complaining beer. about it. No, and just in yeah, it was just oh, oh. I'm feeling really quite depressed right now because I would do anything to, to do that tomorrow with our donuts. I'd like to take our donuts. To the world's end. Uh, uh, the Maple Leaf was always a good one. The Canadian maple sports leaf. bar off Covent yeah. Garden. Um, and well, it's the last place we drank together before. Shit, yeah, no, it was. Before lockdown, yeah. Um, the Anchor on the Thames is a really nice little pub. It's just by the Golden Hind. 
Uh, past the well, that that's the most British thing ever. Uh, you've just passed the Globe Theatre and it's on the corner. <laughs> it's the last one on the Thames. That little bit of the Thames before the road cuts back in. Okay, it's not the. Is it the one that's kind of on its own opposite the Tate? That one, or am I thinking of? It's further further down from the Tate. Oh, okay, the one the one outside the Tate's quite nice. It's just on. Mm, like, yeah, no, that that's Thames. nice. That the anchor, which could could well not be called the anchor, has the beer, It has a beer garden out front. That's okay. overlooking the Thames, and that that that's a really nice pub. Basically, I yeah. miss pubs. Yeah, same. But all of I mean, all of all of our good drunk stories involve pubs, mainly in North Wales. Yeah, I mean an an array of weird weird pubs. So we went to <laughs> we went up to North Wales to do Snowdon. So we went up we the mountain, the mountain, not Edward. <laughs> yeah. Just don't like whistle brothers, bro. Um, <laughs> we were in uh, in North Wales. We were wandering around the town. All the pubs were closing, and a friend of ours, uh, who is actually the friend I would sing the Vikings theme to you with, said he could find us a pub that was open, and we told him, "No, you can't." And he fo- he kind of went full tracker on us for a minute. Like he may have put his ear to the ground. I can't quite remember. We were in a state at the time. And he found this pub, like credit to him, and he was very happy with himself. We walked inside, and it was the proper, like, slaughtered lamb American werewolf thing, where mm-hmm. everybody turned and looked at us. Oh, it was gen- genuinely terrifying. I, I didn't want to leave straight away because I saw it as a sign of weakness, and I thought we would be in worse trouble if we just left. So we, we stood there, not knowing what to do, and then we found out. They were doing karaoke and one of the men walked up to the other guy we were with, got slightly too, like not, not like inches away, but closer to his face than he should have. Yeah. I mean, completely unacceptable in pandemic times. Yeah. Yeah. But also completely unacceptable in non-pandemic times and just said, you're going to sing something next. And our friend tried to, he said, no. And he said, no, no, you're going to sing something next. Then your friends are. And uh, needless to say, we left. Our friend Alan, who... Oh, actually, no, I've mentioned Alan before. Alan did all my pirate research a couple of episodes ago. Um, Alan... Speaking of pirates, the other, the, other, uh, re- the other pub we frequented yep. whilst we were in North Wales um, was in the middle of um, a pirate festival. So that was also an interesting... Yeah... Just yeah, what, what was happening in that town? Ta- like that, ta- I'm. I don't even know if that town actually exists. Like, I'm. I'm not convinced anything that happened there was was reality. Yeah. So it it was it was Carnarvon in North Wales. Um, it was a very fun weekend. We spent far too much time in Weatherspoons. But yeah, just pubs. Like, there's just something about them, and I I think Shaun of the Dead has it has the perfect representation of a pub. So there is literally. A zombie apocalypse happening, and his first thought is, or the third thought actually, because his first thought is go to his girlfriend, second is go to his, and then third is go to the pub. Wasn't it to get his mum? No. So the first idea was, uh, go to his mum's, kill Bill Nighy, go to his girlfriend's, wait there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Nick Frost didn't want to stay in a place he didn't know, so then they were going to do that, but go back to their house, but they couldn't do that because the back door was broken, and then they decided to go to the pub. And I think that is just so 
just yeah just perfectly encapsulates everything and if it wasn't for dylan morin they would have been fine mm-hmm. so not only is it a great night out because it's a pub not only that but it looks like a good pub and we get to just re-experience what that is but also if there was a zombie apocalypse we would probably be fine because unfortunately we aren't friends with dylan morin that's 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 what well, that's sort of like give with one hand and take with the other isn't it you're going to yeah. survive the summer pockets, but you just have to remember that, that Dylan Moran is never going to be your friend. It's a tough choice being friends with Dylan Moran or surviving a zombie apocalypse. Like, part of me feels like, you know, let, let's go for it. Let's just be friends with him and we'll see if we can we can get through. It works out for Bill Bailey. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, I'm fairly sure Bill Bailey was one of the zombies who ate him. But yeah, I mean, I could I could sit here for ages telling pub stories, but I'd have to cut them all out because some of them are very, just very related to me. <laughs> and... Nobody wants to listen to that. They want to talk about how Shaun of the Dead is an incredible film. So that's my final choice. We are going to go to the Winchester and we are going to wait until all this blows over. I'm a bit sad that we're not exploring the Ian expanded universe, but maybe for, for another... Maybe that's how we fix the DC problem. Maybe. Maybe. But there, there's... The, the problem with pub stories is you'll say one that will remind you of another, that would remind you of another reminds you of another and then suddenly it's 25 minutes later and you've looped back around to the start yeah yeah i mean i had another night bus story that involved Aaron losing all of his chaos oh nice i i have a story which i have dubbed the ballad of jonah the whale but i'm not saying that on this and we obviously could talk about the infamous transit van story but for another time (laughs) so after i guess you know we've 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 had the meal uh, of the um, Jack Reddit Rabbit Slims, we've started having a few sort of drinks at some nice, more, I guess, quieter establishments, right? If you if you take the zombies out of the equation, um, so where do you go to to really like finish off the night? A proper, I guess, like a a club um, scenario. We're going back to America. We're traveling to Indiana this time, and we're going to visit. And I quote, "Horny's sickest nightclub." That is the Snake Hole Lounge from. Parks and Recreation. Nice. So, when are we going? Well, so I've got a few facts about the opening hours. So it's open from 7pm to 12am, Tuesday through Wednesday, and 7pm to 2am, Thursday through Saturday. On Sundays and Mondays, the club is rented out for children's birthday parties and substance substance abuse meetings. Um, Thursdays is ladies' night, and ladies get two for one drinks. So, yeah, I mean, we can take our pick, really. Obviously, with your coke and heroin problem, maybe we want to go for the substance abuse meetings. This, I don't know. This is this is a running joke that is going to get problematic for me, isn't it? Because I feel like if if a prospective employer or a, a colleague were to listen to this, it would just be, you know what? They're really going in on this weird like cocaine and heroin thing. Like maybe it's just because Graham decided Ian was Uber Thurman in this one anecdote, or maybe there's a deeper joke here. Maybe maybe Graham is trying to say something. But yes, no, 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 obviously because because I'm Uma Thurman, I might have because some Because you're Uma Thurman, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's you know, that's when we can go. We'll we'll take our pick. I reckon obviously maybe one of the later ones, so from, from Thursday, Friday, Saturday when it's open till till two AM. Similar actually to I know we spoke about the movie Roadhouse earlier, but also the bar Roadhouse in Comic Garden, which is sadly Shut its doors. Oh, it was a um, co- was it a COVID casualty or was it? Yeah, it was. It was um, oh, as man. a result of yeah, just lack of. Um... That was that was a lot more similar to the Moss Eisley Cantina than they wanted. 
<laughs> strong alcohol live bands and i've seen a lot of fights yeah do you remember i can't remember when we we went there once and there was a live band on but it was like four or five o'clock in the afternoon and we went and bought a round of jaeger bombs and they were obscenely expensive i just remember going to buy these jaeger bombs and it costing like the best part of 25 quid for three of them Fucking hell. i can't remember why we were there at that time I have a bouncer story from the Roadhouse as well, but we won't, we won't delve into that because... Yeah. Were... Okay, just a yes or no answer. Yep. Were you the one who wasn't allowed in because they thought you were a drug dealer? No. Then it doesn't matter. That's a different story <laughs> with something else. <laughs> I'm intrigued, they, though. They, they had a lot of receipts in their pocket. Right. And apparently that means they're a drug dealer. And they're just like, because... no, I've just, I've just bought a lot of stuff. Why would a drug dealer have receipts? Exactly. That seems like the in anything that makes you as far away from a drug. Like, yeah, I have a paper trail. Your receipts. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, not not doing a lot to dispel the myth of you uh, <laughs> substance <laughs> yeah. abuse problem here, though. Ian. Uh, <laughs> hanging around with drug dealers, just really, yeah, you know, drug dealers that have got their their accounts in um, in order. Well, they're more trustworthy. Um, <laughs> I, I only go with VAT registered. <laughs> so, you know, what are we going to be drinking whilst we're at the Snake Hole Lounge? Obviously, we're going to go to the home of Snake Juice, which was Tom Haverford's cocktail, uh, uh, spirit that he launched whilst at the uh, Snake Hole Lounge. So there's a couple of ways we could enjoy Snake Juice. Um, obviously, you can go straight up, but that could lead to us potentially having an intense argument about the issues around um, dating Ruxin from the league rather than preparing for an interview the next day. He's the douche. He is actually a radio DJ called The Douche. Yeah. Every single time I watch Pox and Rack, I will go, oh, fuck, I forgot he was in it. (laughs) There's a a few of those, actually. Other ways to enjoy snake juice, you can have a, a slithery Russian, a hiss cream soda, or the forked tongue um so the forked tongue actually sounds delicious it is uh one to two ounces of snake juice a six ounce hot cocoa and a tablespoon of whipped cream i I, i'd have that um it's it's better than that spam cocktail i had at the fucking korean place yeah true um don't fancy snake juice why not have a sweetums fizz instead which judging by the ingredients seems to be a mojito that has no mint in it and then and this is this is taken from the website. One to fifteen splashes of Sweetums high fructose corn syrup. Ah, oh, Sweetums. Was it they had the? Uh, does that come in uh, kid size? <laughs> you mean kid size that is actually the size of a small child? It's yeah, it's <laughs> the size of a small liquidized child. There's there is a place that does a breakfast challenge, which is called the kids meal, because it yeah, it's the size of a small child. Nice. I think I think of of any kind of eating challenge, the two things that I could, I think I would do best with, would be breakfast food or wings. I can put away a lot of wings. So the the problem with breakfast challenges is they fuck you with the bread. Ah, uh, yeah. So bread and this, also like hash browns as well, right? So hash browns, I think I'd be okay with, but this had like half a loaf of bread of toast, and. Half a loaf of bread of fried bread. Oh, that yeah, that's gonna kill you. Yeah, it was like, well, that's what you. I, I I did a burger challenge once, which I nearly finished, but I made the rookie mistake of. So obviously, people 
listen to our podcast for competitive eating tips. Um, you need to dissemble the burger as quickly as you can. Mm. Because the problem I had was I was basically eating... The burger was so big, you couldn't eat it in a bite. So you were eating down the burger. Um, but by the time I'd got to the bottom bun, it had soaked up like six burgers worth of grease over a quarter of an hour. And nice. it could only be described as it was the texture of cake mix. And I touched it and nearly threw up. It was like, nah, I'm done. That, that's me. Beaten. Greasy, greasy, beefy cake mix. Beaten at the last hurdle. I'll I'll try and find a photo of it. It was uh, not not me at my uh, most attractive, which doesn't narrow it down. But uh, would you rather go to the Snake Hole Lounge mm. or the farewell party for Entertainment Seven Twenty? Ooh, probably the latter. It's it is. Uh, I mean, that would be a good night out. The Entertainment 720, but obviously it's a, it's a one-off and we could never do it again, which is always a little bit disappointing. Yeah. it's Where where was that? Was that at the end seven the, the headquarters? Yeah, and they had um, an ex-basketball player picking shrimp cocktails off of a wall. <laughs> and a real tiger. Oh, you, you can't be messing around with fake tigers. Well, no, exactly. I know, I, I, I do love this. That, that whole Snake Hole Lounge episode where everyone gets wasted. Yeah, the yeah. drunk montage, which will be in the episode notes. Yeah, yeah, the drunk montage is great. And also the um, the hangover the next morning where everyone is absolutely wasted apart from, like, Ron has, like, his, his go-to hangover cure, which is basically protein, grease, and uh, between two starchy, basically, like, a McDonald's breakfast, if you, if you really boil it down. Oh, that, 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 those are... Incredible. What what's your go to hangover cure? Um yeah, is is I regularly will order um two double sausage egg McMuffins uh with extra hash browns and a Coke Zero. Nice, yeah, I've done similar. Uh this is this is pathetic, but it helps it's part of my process. Have you ever lain in a bath with the shower on? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the montage in films where people are really sad? Are you okay, Ian? Yeah, but when I've got a hangover, I'm really sad. No, it's um, it helps. I I will just or occasionally just just like uh, a shallow bath and just lie there. It's like cool because um, yeah, you're fine then. Like it's uh, it's nice. just like this will make my headache go away because yeah, it's. Not, I've not incorporated that. I also have so like the McDonald's one is like the typical thing but i also have a quite like a you know talking earlier of um sounding really wanky one of my more more wanky hangover cures is um an ice cold perrier <laughs> that is wanky i did used to enjoy this 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 is a fun complaint so w- when i still lived in the uxbridge area there was a really re- like you could smell the grease greasy spoon and the fried breakfast from there would just immediately... I'm fairly sure it could cure anything. Um, the Wonder Calf, right? The Wonder Calf. The problem with my local calf here, which we have gone to for hangovers before, and like to be fair, the breakfast there is great. And by the breakfast there is great, I mean the breakfast there is fried. It's not greasy enough. And <laughs> that's not a complaint you can make. <laughs> it's like, sorry, could you Excuse could me. you do this but take less care with it? like i need to be able to taste the frying pan you used oh you just you just broke a a memory of um i i had after work's christmas party a few years ago 
I was like, this was this was insane hangover territory. And I remember going to a cafe and we ordered, I ordered a fry up and I also ordered an egg and bacon sandwich on the side. And I had the whole thing and it was amazing. I still oh. felt like absolute death afterwards, but it was just, it, for those few minutes, it, it hit the spot. It, it's, yeah, I've, I, I remember getting really drunk at uni and I didn't have food in the house, so I had to go get food. But I, you know when you're at that stage where you know food would make you better, but the smell of food makes you feel like you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. So I had, <laughs> I held my breath in a Greg's. <laughs> so I mean, I, I do that anyway. Yeah, so I had to just go in. It's just like, mm. have three of those, please. Mm. And then just left. Nice. Uh, good times. Um, but yeah, Snake Hotel Lounge. So the other good thing is that we'd be supporting some, some local... Um, business people investing their hard-earned cash in enterprise so tom haverford john ralphio donna and andy all hold um interests in in the snake hole lounge um so be nice you know you know you're, you're giving back to to some some nice friendly people and john ralphio um obviously one of the downsides is it's a bit of a shame that we'd never get to see like a little sebastian appearance at the snake hole lounge which i think would be um just yeah it just seems to be the most porny possible event if you could have like i don't know doing shots of snake juice off of little sebastian you, you could um, you could get the little sebastian back. hologram in this is very true yeah yeah we could do that and obviously we could get what, five five thousand candles but uh but yeah so also the website for the snake hole lounge used to exist um but it doesn't anymore but you can buy the domain so we could own the snake uh, snakeholelounge.com um but it is at a cost of over six thousand dollars to buy that domain so maybe someone knows something we don't yeah um i'm fine <laughs> um fun fact do you know what domain i nearly bought no go on ukip <laughs> <laughs> you um, should have done that. It was a, it was a, it was a couple of years ago. Um, I was at work. Someone mentioned that because uh, somebody there forgot to renew the domain. I remember when this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I managed to get onto the screen for it. You should have pulled the trigger. Um, I was just like, this is going to be this is going to be a thing <laughs> if I, if I go through with this, and I just couldn't be fucked with the fallout from it. <laughs> Fair enough. Because it seems like everything seems like a good idea right up until you think, could I be sued? <laughs> and yeah, so that was fun. That could have been an interesting uh, news report. It's like, why nice. did you do it, Ian? So seemed funny. And yeah, obviously, and we spoke earlier as well about celebrities. Um, and these aren't necessarily celebrities, but you know, you might run into to Janet Snakehole, which is obviously who um, April Ludgate um, is is role-playing as um, a sassy widow of the Snake Hole Lounge, or obviously the most famous FBI detective around Burt Macklin. Oh, good old Burt Macklin. I, I'm actually, I'm in the middle of a, of a Parks and Rec re- rewatch at the moment because that's basically, I, I've rewatched all of the sitcoms I love throughout lockdown. I forgot how much I liked uh, Chris Pratt before he went all Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? But I, I, right now I can still separate Chris Pratt from Chris Pratt. So I've definitely kind of like what you've said. I've definitely rewatched more programs than I have watched new ones over yep. lockdown. Um, we're currently rewatching. Did you ever watch Castle? No, I, I've seen. It's one of those ones I've seen bits of. Yeah, so it's murder he wrote. It's Nathan Fillion yeah. as a crime detective teaming up with a 
a detective. Sorry, uh, uh, Nathan Fillion is a crime writer teaming up with a detective. And it's really fun watching... So it's I think it's from like 2009. But it's really fun watching it now through kind of, you know, a mod... <laughs> through everything that has happened over the last couple of years. And you're just watching it, it's like, they're really shit policemen, aren't they? <laughs> like, they, they only seem to have one case a week. <laughs> they're, they're doing this. He's allowed in the interrogation room somehow. It's just really funny watching it, watching it and thinking about it with the distance from, with the distance from it still being cool that Nathan Fillion was still on TV kind of thing. Yeah. Because I do think, the reason I loved it when it originally showed was because I love Nathan Fillion and it was just great to see a weekly show with him in. But yeah, look, why not? Let's let's finish the night off at the Snake Hole Lounge. And when did you say it closes? Uh, depends on the day, but 2am on uh, Thursday through Saturday. Oh, that's fine. And then obviously on the way home, sing Vikings theme songs um, and get a kebab from somewhere. <laughs> So that's our bar crawl. Yep. We've also briefly covered hangover cures, but we're not going to do a top three of that. Um, out of yours, yep. what's your final top three? Final top three is um, third place, the double juice from Roadhouse, just because there's a lot. I've got a lot of questions that need answering, but also I do worry that if I, you know, go to Louis through with Patrick Swayze, he may rip my throat out. Second place, Jackrabbit Slims. I just think it is the it is the place that you should be going if you uh, have a movie podcast um, because of the everything that's that's related. Yeah. To, even even uh, without the Pulp Fiction connection. <laughs> even without the Pulp Fiction <laughs> yeah. connection. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that podcasts didn't exist in 1994. Expensive shakes and look, I and I. It's the only reason it's not number one is because I don't really want to in, indulge your drug habit too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Graham. <laughs> it's nice to know you've got my back. Uh, and then in first place, uh, the Snake Hole Lounge because Parks and Rec just makes me feel so happy and warm and fuzzy inside, and it just seems like the kind of place that would just be a hell of a lot of fun. It's the type of it's the type of bar you end up in. You don't go. You don't plan to go to the Snake Hole Lounge. You end up in the Snake Hole Lounge. Um, Where's the weirdest place you've ended up out drinking? Um, weirdest place we've ended up. So while you're while you're thinking, yeah, go on. I when I was at university in Reading, um, I think I've told you this before. Uh, we went out into the town where for a friend's birthday. We were split across multiple cabs. Um, I was with a friend of mine, Dan. He said, I can't remember who else we were with. He said, Oh, I know this place. And we ended up in what could only be described as like it was felt like someone's living room, like studio flat that was full of people playing really loud jungle music. And my friend uh, called me and said, Ian, where are you? And I said, I seem to be in like a jungle club above a fried chicken place. I don't know if it's someone's house or not. And she said, if you don't want to tell me, just don't fucking tell me and hung up on me. <laughs> nice. Uh, not the weirdest place I've ended up, but it, sorry, not the weirdest place, but I ended up in um, a sketch in London, which is like a club that is far too swanky for my level of swankiness. Yeah. And this is also probably about ten years ago, like right at the start of my career. I didn't have 
enough money to be going to sketch for this yeah <laughs> like it's and you go into this thing and there's like a drop down bar and i ordered like a, i think i had a peroni and it was like eight quid for a bottle i was like no 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 um but i don't know, have you ever been to sketch before uh no but I'm, I'm aware of it they have the the toilets that are like the eggs so that is that's what i remember from that paying eight quid for a peroni feeling very out of place and going for a piss and an egg <laughs> <laughs> nice nice but yeah okay, so... snake coal lounge number one how about you Ian? so out of my top three uh sorry out of my three um i'm gonna go mo taverns third just because the problem i have with mo's is if it's anything like the simpsons your night's gonna get progressively worse and worse until it's unbearable and you just kind of stop and you don't want that but it will be great to start with so i think it is a great like first first stop on a crawl um, number two is the Moss Eisley Cantina. It's strong drink. It's good life jizz. And um, yeah, it just seems like an interesting place. And that's you'd have stories to tell after leaving it. Um, and then number one is the Winchester, because I can't stress enough how much I miss just nights out like you would have at the Winchester minus the zombies. But also even with the zombies, again, I, I have faith in me and you. We've just come off come off an episode where we beat an interdimensional Moomin ventriloquist dummy. So I feel like zombies are going to be a walk in the park. So, yeah, for me, it, it is... Number number one is waiting for it all to blow over. To, to be fair, in, in Shaun of the Dead, they literally get past zombies by going for a walk in the park and acting like zombies, so... Exactly. We could do that. We, we, we could do the zombie shit. So, so that's our top threes. So what are we saying... What is the final the podcast nobody asked for's top three going to be? So you've you've thrown me a little bit because I was expecting um, I was expecting as as per usual live jizz at number one. So I I as much as I like jizz, <laughs> um, massive fan of jizz, but I think I miss the pub more than I miss jizz because <laughs> I can listen to jizz on Spotify. I have jizz playlists. Yeah, you know jizz posters you know it's do you prefer it's fine do you like just listening to jizz or do you like the full do you like watching jizz music videos I, well i mean I, I i i like listening watching playing um <laughs> so i i have uh obviously i have a peel rod um that i all often play uh kind of just between meetings i'm just sitting there whatever it is you do with a with a with a peel rod but no, it's, you know, as much as I like Everorbus and his galactic jizz whalers, I just really miss the pub. Fair enough. Yeah. Man of simple, simple taste and simple pleasures. Man of simple taste. How much... <laughs> to, uh, very aware of the phrasing, but how much more jizz can we get out of this conversation? <laughs> Everyone has a limit. Everyone has a jizz limit. But again, I, I just really want to hammer home. I'm not fucking around here. Like... That that is Star Wars canon. That the genre was called jizz, and that's just weird. But so I, it is what it is. So I think, um, like a good. I think we need if we're going Winchester, we need the Snake Hole Lounge because I feel like the Snake Hole Lounge is where you end up, where you've got you've planned for a few drinks at the Winchester, and you end up in the Snake Hole Lounge. Yeah, that 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 is that is definitely how I see an evening going and we've all done it 
where it's just there's um there's a bar in just down the road which is like down a flight of stairs i'm fairly sure it only it's like fucking diagon alley i'm fairly sure it only appears <laughs> when you've reached a certain level of drunkenness like i don't think sober people can find it is it all just a breathalyzer in one of the bricks yeah, I think so. Or, or you've got to the only way to the only way to see it is to stagger, and then like you see it from a particular perspective. But yeah, no, I, I I've seen that. And even if we do get the lock in at uh, the Winchester, I still think you would then go. You know what? I still want to keep going. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. And you know, snake juice. Exactly, exactly. So for me, this means we again have the have the age old decision to make between five dollar milkshakes and jizz unless you're like would you have put mo's higher or do you think well like with mo's and the double deuce where, where are you seeing them weirdly they're quite similar right <laughs> yeah weirdly right I, I can see a scenario and i'm surprised that there was never a simpsons episode where patrick swayze was hired as the bouncer for, for mo's because that writes itself yeah no i could see that they are quite similar but also i, I think there's a lot of shared dna between the cantina and the double deuce as well. Yeah, true. The outlaws and the misfits. Yeah, it's it is a hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> and so is the cantina. Exactly, you. Oh. I set them up. I, I got a spare at least. Exactly. Yeah, and that, that's all you can ask for, yeah. really. Right. Let, let, let's go for. I personally would prefer to go to the cantina than. Jackrabbit Slims. On a night out, though... you got to line your stomach. So we would, we would end up going to, like, Jackrabbit Slims. I think we would then go to the pub. Yeah. And then we would end up at the Snake Hole Lounge. I think that's the... Yeah, that's the that's the perfect crawl of those of those three. Yeah, because I, I, I think that would that would be a, a great night out. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? But no, I, I, I would go the Winchester just because so many brilliant nights out I've had have basically been at places like the Winchester. Um, and then number two, I would go Snake Hole Lounge because those brilliant nights at pubs have then often ended up in places I can't remember where they are. Yeah, which is what the Snake Hole Lounge is like. Neither of us would end up being able to tell you like tell each other exactly where it was. No, not 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 a chance. Yeah. not a chance. And then three, yeah, I, I mean, I I'm I'm willing to go Jack Rabbit Slims over the Cantina just so we can get you know we can get some food in. Yeah, I think it's good. Obviously, though. Just lim- uh, we've got a big night ahead of us, so you know we uh, just take it easy when you pop to the bathroom. Basically, well, I'll, I'll try. I mean, like the the problem I have is like nothing hypes me up for a good <laughs> night out like jizz. <laughs> I I think that is a good top three. Cool. I, yeah. I I I think the cantina is great. I think the double deuce and Moe's are brilliant places, but I think for a, for a decent night out, you need variety, and I think we should. We should go for that. So I'm, I'm good. Yeah, and after all, we don't want to be rectangles, right? Exactly. Uh, the podcast nobody asked for's top three movie and TV nights out. So number three is Jack Rabbit Slims from Pulp Fiction. Number two is the Snake Hole Lounge from Parks and Recreation, and then number one is the Winchester from Shaun of the Dead. So if you agree with our choices, if you can think of somewhere else you would want to go to drop us a message on instagram at the podcast nobody asked for and you could also buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash the podcast nobody asked for and all of that money goes to making the podcast even bigger and even better 
and towards making some really good jizz playlists. Um, and if you would just like to, to tweet us and ask me to ask Ian to stop saying jizz so much, um, you can do so at nobody asked for pod with the number four. Uh, and you can also find us on the Facebook at the same address. Uh, and obviously, if you want more embellishment on the stories we have mentioned, so uh, the Ballad of Jonah and the Whale, the Transit Van and the pub that we haven't named in North Wales, feel free to reach out as well. Um, you can also leave us reviews on Apple Podcast. Please put episode ideas in your review and we will do the best ones that we see. So that was fun. It's really made me miss going out um and yeah you know what you're right i let i i i i may have got jizz blinded there i tell you what though as we're driving to jack rabbit's limbs to start the night we'll leave the car there obviously we're responsible uh drinkers but uh we'll, we'll just put some light jizz fusion on the radio so you can get yourself in the mood thanks man no worries this is why we're friends for this.